0: Hello and welcome back to Zach's Fact Check. This is your host, Zach. Go ahead, let your friends know where you found me. That's Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher. But you can also find me at anchor.fm forward slash Zach's Fact There you're able to reach out to me with a message. You can let me know. Maybe you have topic ideas. Maybe you have some cool facts that you'd like to know. And you, you know, maybe you have some questions. Whatever that is. Maybe you have some critiques. Maybe you have some corrections for things that I've talked about. Totally fine. Reach out to me there and let me know and I will do my best to adjust the podcast to what you're talking about. I want y'all to enjoy this. So, I mean, that means that I need to hear from you guys. So, before we get going, I just wanted again, I want to thank you guys for listening and keeping this podcast going. It has been a very, very interesting adventure for me and I have enjoyed every moment of it. So without further ado, let's get going. Have you ever wondered about different elements and how they got their name? Well, I can't say that I've always wondered that, but once I stumbled upon this little detail, I just, I had to share it with you guys. So what I'm referring to is a chemical that everyone knows about. Everybody uses it. Everybody drinks it. They eat it. It's a very common compound. It's in fertilizers. It's in explosives. It's in, you know, fireworks, gunpowder, all kinds of things. But I had no idea where it got its name. So this is what I found out. And I wanted to thank uh, the show, the channel Veritasium on YouTube. This is where I first stumbled upon this. And I decided I needed to go learn and see what I could find out, but I wanted to thank him for bringing this out and talking about it. It's not necessarily a hidden fact, a hidden piece of information, but it's one that I just I had never stumbled across' never stumbled across before. So I wanted to tell you about what I found. So for millennia, for as long as we have any record of history, people have used wood fires. To cook their food. But what they also have done is collected the ashes from that fire and placed it in water. Here's the cool thing. The compound that I'm referring to is water-soluble, meaning that it dissolves into water. So if you soak this ash in the water and then take all of the hard particles, the pieces of wood and coal and things like that, out of uh, the water and then strain that water, get rid of all the impurities, you actually end up having water with a little bit of a weird oily texture. Then you take that water and you pour it into a pot or a pan and you leave it in the hot dry sun to evaporate the water off of it. And what you come to is called pot ash. Now, potash has been used for many, many different things. Mostly, you were able to use it as a fertilizer for your plants, for your crops. It was very useful to have as uh, medicinal medicinal purposes, things like that. But what's interesting is what happened in 1807 with a scientist named Humphrey Davies. Humphrey Davy had just an insatiable cure for knowledge. He wanted to find out all kinds of little things. And so what he ended up doing at this, in this particular case is he actually took a pot of potash and he ran electricity through it from a battery. And as he watched these, these metallic globules begin to form in the potash, but as soon as one of those globules of metal became, became exposed outside of the potash, it spontaneously exploded. Now, these were small pieces, but still, it was an explosion. And he knew at that moment that he had found something new, and he started to investigate. And what he ended up doing was naming this, very brilliantly in my opinion, he called this new metal that he found, this new element that he had found, potassium. Potassium. I kid you not, that's what it's called. So, potassium came from the name potash. Potassium. Potassium. That's what, that's where the name came from. Now, potassium is used in all kinds of stuff now. It's used in fertilizers, it's used in gunpowder, it's used in fireworks, it's used in soaps, it's used in your athletic drink, such as Gatorade or Powerade, it's it's in bananas, like right? we eat it all the time and it helps us in our daily lives. I had no idea that its name came from this millennia old recipe of potash and it just, it flabbergasted me. I was like, what, what are, what are you talking about? And I had to investigate and that's what I found, is that it truly was, the name for potassium simply came from potash, potassium. Have you ever wondered where the term checkmate comes from? If you've ever played chess, you know that when the, your opponent or yourself win, you usually declare checkmate, meaning that you have taken the king of your opponent and you win but where does the term actually come from? Why is that used? Does it mean victory? I mean, What does it mean? Well, that's, that's the funny thing is the word checkmate doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't have any meaning to it at all. In fact, what it seems to be that it came from is the idea that as the English were exploring the world, They didn't understand the languages that they encountered and they did their dead level best to take words that were being used and continued using them as they moved back. So as they took the game of chess and they found the rules, they took it back to England. They tried to make the same sounds that people were making in these other countries, even though they didn't know what the word really meant. They did their best to speak it, and so they ended up anglicizing it because they didn't have the accent to say the word. So what ended up happening is that the ancient saying for your king is dead in chess actually means that. The word for checkmate in a really bad accent of English versus Arabic, the word itself was Shemat. Now, I am going to be the first to tell you, I'm not sure if that's actually how it was pronounced, but I'm guessing it had to be pretty close to checkmate. So, Shemit, something along those lines, but it's S H A M A T is how we would roughly spell it in English. This word literally means, as close as we can get it, is your king is dead. So it makes sense why you would say this and declare that because you've won the game. Checkmate means the king is dead. So while the word we use doesn't mean anything, the sounds that make up that word are as close as the English could come to saying the proper Arabic word for your king is dead. I win the game. I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, talking about other things and how they got their name, one of the things that I have always found interesting, I I love British culture. I always have. It's always fascinated me. the, 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 the history of it. I think is what draws me to it. But one of the things that I quickly learned is that I, English and English English and American English pronounce things very differently on a lot of things. And one of those happens to be the word for a famous shoe company. Now, if you're in America, you know this company as Adidas. If you're pretty much anywhere else in the world, you know this company as Adidas. And so the question I've always had is why? Is it just a pretentious mispronunciation of the word by one or the other. I, I I didn't know for the longest time until I came to understand that the actual name of the company comes from the founder's name. His name was Adolf and he went by Adi and his last name was Dassler. So Adolf Dassler. So the name of the company is literally a pairing of Adi, and Das, the first three letters of his last name. So the name of the company is correctly Adidas. But I'll let you determine whether you want to say Adidas or Adidas. It's your choice. I mean, obviously the shoe company doesn't really care so long as you give them your money. They don't care what you call them. Just don't call them late for dinner. If that's, you know, maybe that's that's just me. Maybe I don't want to be called late for dinner. So just make sure you call me whatever, as long as I'm not late for dinner. That—that's me. I can't really put that on the company, but you understand what I'm saying. Adidas, Adidas, your choice. You tell me which you would rather be called, or what you would rather call them. I don't know where I'm going with this. Just forgive me and mo- let's move on. Okay, so I'm in Georgia. That's where I'm from. I've been—I was born in Texas, but I've been raised in Georgia ever since I was one. So pretty much my entire life. And I wanted to go through a list of potentially, I guess, embarrassing facts about Georgia that I don't know if they're embarrassing as much as they're interesting. And this actually comes from onlyinyourstate.com. It's a pretty cool collection of information about Georgia and other states. Uh, You just go in and kind of select your states and they have little cool facts about it. The first one is that Georgia used to be a lot bigger than it is. Now, I understand that the way that the the colonies were mapped out, really, it was a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Unless people lived there, you really couldn't claim it. And yeah, that's just that. But here's the thing. The Georgia colony was supposed to be designated to go from the Atlantic all the way to the Mississippi River, a vast amount of land. And suddenly, we just don't have it. So for all the Georgians who hate Alabama and all the Alabamans who hate Georgia, you almost were the same state. I'm just saying it could have been that the state of Georgia had, you know, how many championships, Alabama? Let's see. I I think y'all claim 18. Georgia claims three has a possible five or six at this point that they could claim, but three that is recognized by everybody. I mean that could have been we we would have been a very very nice nicely represented state for championships in football. Oh, don't forget LSU. LSU's been in there a few times too. That would have been pretty fun. That would have been pretty fun. Now, how about this? Did you know that Atlanta 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 was not originally called Atlanta? In fact, it was the only reason Atlanta exists is because it was the terminal moment of multiple um, railroad lines. So the Atlantic Pacifica was the name of the location, the the Atlantic Pacifica Terminus. So it was the terminal. uh, It was the the terminating spot for a lot of these railroads. And that's why Atlanta began to populate because people would get off, have to transfer trains. Sometimes those trains would come in late or they'd be early or whatever. And you needed a place to eat, but then people who need a place to eat also need a place to stay And it began to grow out of that and eventually became this city that we know today. But before it became Atlanta, it was also briefly known as Marthaville. I don't know if you thought Marthaville was a cool name or not, but that's what it used to be called. The next piece of information about Georgia I find hilarious and I don't really understand why it was ever a law. Have you ever gone through and looked at state laws and realized there's a lot of them on the books that just should never have existed? Or at least shouldn't exist at this point, and you just—it's comical as to what they might. What what possible reason could there be for that for that law to exist? Well, this is one of those that I can't find a single reason that I can think of, and that is simply this: you cannot carry an ice cream cone in your pocket on Sundays. Not any other time, just on Sundays. But I want to know who would have successfully carried an ice cream cone in their pocket. On any day in Georgia, it, come on, Georgia doesn't have cold winters. It's not like the that you're walking outside and the ice cream is freezing solid in the in the cold outside. Or I mean, why would you eat it at that point anyway? You're eating these ice cream cones in the dead of summer, and in Georgia, that means the moment that the ice cream walks out the air conditioned building, it's melting all over the pavement, all over the place. There is no reason you would ever put. An ice cream cone in your pocket. And and what is up with Sunday? Why do you why can't what what is the whole idea of Sunday? I don't I don't know. I don't know why Sunday is important, but what I have figured out is that the reason possibly that this law would have been been written is for the the effect of trying to stop horse thieving. So Horses love cold, sweet things. You know, you've thought of, you know, everybody's seen the movies where they give them a uh, cube of sugar or a piece of an apple, things like that. But if, when it's a hot day and you, you've been pulling a wagon, you have no problem being cooled off with some cold, sweet ice cream. So the idea is, according to this theory of why this exists, is simply because if you would put, a horse thief would put an ice cream cone in their back pocket walk in front of a horse, get close enough to it for it to smell and taste the ice cream, and the horse would voluntarily follow the person as though they were that person's horse. So everybody walking around wouldn't think anything of it. It would be, oh, that horse is just following his owner. Totally cool. Let's move on with life and not realizing that the horse was actually being stolen at that moment. That's the closest I can get to a possible reason for this law. Again, I don't know why it's just illegal on Sundays. Maybe you understand and you can give me more detail on that. I would love to hear from you guys. You know where to give me that info. But the next one, the next thing I thought was interesting. You've heard the phrase, sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite. Now, first off, I don't know if parents just want to freak their kids out, but that freaked me out. What are you talking about? bed bugs do you are, do you know something i don't know what what is this why why would i want to be thinking of bed bugs before i go to bed that's just mean it's it's just vicious vicious parents that's what you are vicious and every single parent is over here that's listening it's just cracking up right now they're just dying just rolling over laughing as they remember just terrifying their children yeah i was one of those you heard me. I was one of those. My parents loved to use that phrase. I don't understand it, but here's a good reason why the phrase actually came to be. And it's believed that the phrase came to be in the state of Georgia. So, in southern Georgia, southeastern Georgia specifically, there is covering all of the trees a plant known as Spanish moss. Now, Spanish moss is an interesting thing, but it's very effective at tying mattresses, apparently. So when the English colonials first came to Georgia, they would use the Spanish moss to bind their beds, their mattresses together, to tie them up and hold them together. The problem is is that Spanish moss is notorious for having a lot of bugs crawling all over it. And yes, these bugs would bite. So as you're sitting there just sleeping, just sawing a log, counting sheep. I guess you it wouldn't be counting sheep if you were actually already asleep. But you would just be sitting there sleepily dreaming of wonderful things and you would wake up and you would have bug bites all over your body. And then you have to join or you would get to enjoy the awesome experience of scratching all over yourself all day. Isn't that just wonderful? So yeah, it, it started out as a honest Nice thing to say, I guess. Of hey, don't let the bed bugs bite. Although I don't know what kind of choice you would have in the matter. That's 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 what you had. How about this little fact? All of the major lakes that exist in Georgia are man-made. Not one of them occurs naturally. They're all man-made behind a dam of some kind. It's kind of sad, but honestly, I've I've not really heard great things about the people who you know live on a what is it, Lake S- uh, uh, Sinclair. Yeah, uh, apparently that's not a Great Lake. I don't, I don't know. I've ever been. Couldn't tell you from my own experience. How about this? Out of all the counties in Georgia and all the places that they get their name, there is only one county from a woman named after a woman. Out of 159 counties, there's only one named after a woman. And her name was Nancy Hart, who was a revolutionary rebel they named the county Hart County after her. I mean, it's nice, but it's only one. I don't know, honestly, any of the other people's that this was named, that any of the counties were named after, but, you know, at least we know that one now. How about the fact that you livestock running free in, an, in Athens, Georgia is strictly prohibited? Now, I personally think that's a brilliant idea. I don't want to be chased down by some crazy donkey. That'd be nice. Let's not do that. Or the fact that, you know, I've always thought it was funny that Australia was first founded as a penal colony, meaning that the people who could not pay their debts, the felons, the lesser nonviolent crimes would be shipped off to Australia and that's where they would live and it was no longer the problem of the English government. Well, apparently in 1732, James Oglethorpe decided that Georgia needed to be a penal colony as well. And it would be a place for prisoners unable to pay their debts. They would be able to start a new life and move on with things and just go from there. And that's really what it was. Now, I know that if you live in Georgia at all, this will be the last one I talk about. I promise. I'm not going to hold you any longer. But there are legitimately 50 streets in Atlanta with the name Peachtree. I'm not even kidding there is literally fifty streets in Atlanta, all with the name Peace in their name somewhere that is just if you have ever tried to drive through Atlanta, you understand the nightmare that that is you You understand the pain of the and the stupidity of that it is it is insanity. I do not understand why anyone thought that that was okay that you would be able to do that. It is nuts. Now, I know today was rambling, today was crazy, but I promised that we would be able to have a lot of random and weird facts, and you got that today. You cannot be mad about that. You absolutely got random and weird facts today. I have loved getting this information for you guys and learning and being able to share it with you. I'm going to have to ask you to come back next Tuesday for more from the Zach's Facts Shack, where we learn all kinds of weird, random, and crazy facts all the time and you know what maybe on friday you might get an extra bonus episode you never know so just be paying attention go ahead and subscribe and then you'll get notified whenever new episodes come out it's every tuesday and sometimes we do the friday episode you never know all right guys i will see you next time on more zach's fact shack where we learn all kinds of weird and wacky stuff i'm zach your host i'll see you next time